BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Even today, there is nothing around for a woman that wants no compromises, like complete potency, technology from all over the world, and that really wants to go just beyond clean beauty. Because clean beauty is just about avoiding controversial synthetic chemicals. But we're all the way on the other side of the spectrum doing formulas that are completely pure, completely non-artificial, with real ingredients that grow in the earth. Hey guys, welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the best-selling beauty products and the damn good stories behind them. We're your hosts, Carlene Higgins and Jill Dunn. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Breaking Beauty Podcast. Hey there, Carlene. Hey, Jill. How are you? Good. We still got our sexy voices going on. I know. Still lingering colds. (laughs) It's okay. We're in a good place now. Yeah. So I was drinking my smoothie this morning, and I was thinking back to our event with today's guest, which is Tata Harper. Yes. Tata's in the house. And do you remember that she put hyaluronic acid drops in her smoothie no i was late i missed oh, that you tell missed me it. more it's actually in the juice okay and these were like ingestible hyaluronic acid drops and she was like do you want some and I, she's like i put these in my juice every morning i'm like okay oh my gosh yes, please better, so better than those drops i was taking that i mentioned <laughs> the last episode but um yeah no it was like very interesting to see how she um implements her wellness routine but yeah you know i wouldn't be surprised if she went down the supplements road oh totally that totally but the tie-in that day was uh the new products that she was launching have a lot of hyaluronic acid in it so she yes. was like let's have this ingestible version yeah also here for our juices but the floral essence but we yes, we are getting ahead of ourselves totally <laughs> so today's guest is green beauty pioneer tata harper and Yay. i know many of our listeners have requested us to talk more about green beauty mm-hmm. and specifically green skincare or all natural skincare however mm-hmm. we want to say it position it and tata harper is definitely a leader in this category. Absolutely. I mean, so, you know, we're always about zeroing in on the most iconic product. I think that this brand as a whole is kind of iconic because when they broke in in 2010, it was there were quite a lot of green products, but they were very much only sold at health food stores. They were very granola at that time. I mean, think back to almost 10 years ago. So this was sort of the first brand that married the idea of luxury with green beauty. Yeah. And that really wasn't being done at all, except for I don't know if anyone remembers there was somebody doing it before. I'm going to quiz you now, Jill. Yeah. Who would it be? That would be Stella McCartney. Ding, ding, ding. I don't remember what it was called, though. Care. Okay. Brilliant name. Skincare? It was just care. Yeah. Yeah. Her ads were the best. It was all like that, you know, English countryside, like a lamb in the middle of some wheat field or something. And it was like care. Yeah. Does anybody uh, else remember that? Please hit us up on our Instagram at Breaking Beauty Podcast or in our chat room on Facebook to let us know if you've ever tried any of that Mm -hmm. back in the day. So that was in 2008, a couple of years before Tata Harper. And sadly, it did not survive. Yeah. I think it lasted around four years, but Mm -hmm. I know... Stella McCartney, the brand was acquired by L'Oreal. So I don't, I just think it was ahead of its time. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I think that's part of the power of what Tata Harper has succeeded in doing is taking a concept and executing it very well. Yeah, because it's not only beautiful to look at and put on your vanity, the Mm -hmm. green glass bottles, the gold accents, the Mm -hmm. beautiful yellow and green packaging. It's also efficacious. Well, I think her goal was to 
to create formulas that were on par with what was happening in department stores at the time. So not just having like five ingredients that are cooked up in a kitchen, which was kind of what you were seeing at the time. It was like, can we have sophisticated formulas that have top grade ingredients from around the world that are multifunctioning, that are doing more things than one at yeah. a time. You know, they might be anti-aging, but they're plumping. It's also brightening, etc. Moisturizing. And I think it's also about the production, yeah. like getting down to the product. How do you actually do that and keep the integrity of the product? Artisanal. And, and there right? was, yeah. And there was nobody who paved the way who was really very few people. Definitely nothing on a mass scale. And even, mm-hmm. yeah, in the luxury space, no one was even touching it. Yeah. And I remember like when I worked in a magazine and you'd, t- you'd be like, I think we should talk more about these green brands. And the art directors are like, are you insane? I'm not photographing yeah. that. Leave it till Earth Month. Right? Earth Month. Yeah. Earth Month. So she really took matters into her own hands and created her own farm in Vermont where all of the products are produced. They source ingredients from around the globe, many, many ingredients. And we're going to hear more about that in this episode. But having said all of that, they do have a bestseller. Let's tell everyone about it. Okay. So it is the Tata Harper resurfacing mask, Mm -hmm. $78 Canadian, 62 US dollars. It's won Allure Best in Beauty. Um, Tons of celebrities are fans of this product. Um, Even makeup artists like Gucci Westman loves it. Yeah, And I really think it's like the gateway drug to Tata Harper because if you try this product, you will be obsessed with the instant results because that's what it says on the package. It's the Tata Harper resurfacing mask for instant glow. And um, my personal experience with it, um, it has pink clay, beet extract. It has willow bark and meadow sweet oil, which are natural sources of beta hydroxy acid. So I find that when you put it on, it's kind of like this pink, almost like a jelly jam formula, Mm -hmm. thin layer, thin, thin layer. And then you get like pore refining, that enzymatic peel kind of thing where it's eating away sort of the dead layer of dead rough layer of your skin. And you're just very, very smooth afterwards. I love it under makeup application or before makeup. I'm not surprised Gucci Westman loves it. She probably uses it all the time to prep client's skin. Mm -hmm. And I can see why it's such a huge, huge hit. And it's even good for sensitive skin. Yeah. And I know they came out with a limited edition rose version a little while ago, which um, I probably would have loved because I love rose and it's calming for my sensitive skin. So so. I think you have a different favorite product. Yes. 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 Mine is the Illuminating Eye Cream. Okay. It's a little rich. It's 132 Canadian. That's around 100 bucks US. Okay. Um, But what I love about it is that it has an instant cosmetic effect to it. Okay. So I like that, like hit me with the result right away. Yeah. Um, So the main ingredients are like hyaluronic acid. It also has lavender oil and buck bean extract. And those are over time going to hydrate and lift and smooth. Yeah. Yeah. But it has this um, peachy pearl tint to it. There's Mm -hmm. actual diamond dust in it, hence the price. So that's going to give you a highlighting effect. So you know those mornings when you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, I went to bed too late or I had that third glass of wine. This is going to instantly brighten. And I just find I always have leftover on my fingers. So I always put it on my cupid's bow, a little bit on the tops of my cheekbones. So I do find it kind of like, I kind of stretch the purpose of it. And I think that's what makes this product really unique to me compared to I mean, there's so many other eye creams out there. Oh my gosh. And I think that's something we get asked about a lot. So it's nice to hear that you think this one is worth the money and it works. I do. I feel like it's just distinct. Yeah. You know, that's great. And if it's not evident, I mean, she's all natural, but her products are 100% free from GMOs, toxins, fillers, artificial colors, artificial fragrances, and synthetic chemicals. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you tried many more of her products. So when you were in Paris, tell us about this glammy experience. So I was in Paris back in November and I got to lay down and be treated to a facial at the Tata Harper Spa. Mm. It's inside Le Bristol Hotel, which is a very fancy five-star hotel. I'm jelly. Oh, it was so nice. I was thinking of you. You would have loved the cozy Mm. robe. And the price point is definitely a splurge. Uh It is 200 euros for 55 minutes. 200 60 euros for 85 minutes. So it's a treat. The spa itself, I believe it's a Sicily spa, but the Mm -hmm. Tata Harper... It's like they've got a private space in there. Yes. It's like a Tata Harper pied-a-terre within 
this spa. Okay. And so it's very cozy and beautiful. And there's nods to her branding all over the place. There's plush green sofas, gold shelves where they display the product. And then the cabine itself is like high design, very mm-hmm. quiet. I had Delphine do my facial. I had this sort of jet lag release deep cleansing brightening facial that was out of this world Mm. Delphine is the person who does Tata's facials personally when she goes to Paris so I was in very good hands did she she, hit you with that French style massage oh my gosh I wish I could go back there right now it was (laughs) like her hands were kind of like when I was talking to Tata about it it was like she described her hands as being heavy yeah and that was perfect how she like they lay on your face and they feel like they can envelop your whole face and it's just lifting and pressure point massage lymphatic drainage like I was way less puffy afterwards this is where chubby fingers are a good thing oh my god no she was like (laughs) strong like you could feel it and and it's like getting into the sinus cavity almost yeah. and just some people releasing just have magic my, fingers yeah you like know? releasing my jaw where I tend to clench my jaw at night and yeah. stuff and you often don't walk away from a facial feeling like really relieved in that mm-hmm. regard and she totally did that I felt like I was less puffy and she used the resurfacing products and I just felt like very glowy afterwards and yeah. totally like I had been treated I'm a big believer in face massage oh it's huge and I think a lot of people are just waking up to it yeah with the advent of like facial rollers and like yeah. microneedling and all of that and I don't do it I'm too lazy I'm just saying <laughs> no and I, think I do believe in it I, I actually do it like if there's nothing feels better and that Clarisonic smart profile uplift mm-hmm. got me into it because it kind of like shapes and everything and it feels yeah. so good when you're doing it mm-hmm. that massage head that they have that you yeah. really want to do it yeah and there's nothing like just that that hit of like bringing circulation and the pressure face. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I highly recommend that if you guys are ever in Paris and you want to check it out. I just thought it was a whole new way of like immersing yourself in that Tata Harper experience. Mm -hmm. And of course, there are places where you can get Tata Harper treatments all across North America. I believe in Credo, Credo Beauty um, supplies. They have facials that you can get. Right. And I think she opened a Tata Harper Oh gosh, what was the location in the US now? I want to say Florida or okay. something, a spa. Okay. I think that was last summer. But many of you may have heard Tata Harper on a podcast before because she has done quite a few, but she always has great insights into where green beauty is at and great skincare tips. We have the lowdown on all of that coming up. And I think she introduced us to a new term that we should address. What was that again? Clean washing. Okay. So last episode, we talked about green washing and I had never heard clean washing before she mentioned it. Okay. And so we'll find out what she distinguishes as clean washing, what that means and how it might be helpful to know just what it is that you're buying on the shelf these days and how to know when you're getting something that is non-toxic for real. Yeah, I get so confused and I can Mm -hmm. only imagine everyone out there when you're trying to make informed decisions, it can be really challenging. Exactly. That's right. And stay tuned for some never before heard scoop about a sensitive skin line that she is cooking up. Yes. I was so happy to hear that because as you know, I have sensitive skin. Yeah. And there is also a lot of debate around essential oils and sensitive skin. And she uses a lot of essential oils in her products. So I think you're definitely going to want to stay tuned for that, everyone. And and the little hot tip is that she's an industrial engineer by trade or by education. So her approach to skincare is just so different than any other like green beauty entrepreneur that I've heard. I didn't know that about mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really interesting conversation. But before we get to all of that, we're going to go way back to what made Tata Harper into the smart and stylish beauty guru she is today to her days growing up in Colombia. Hi guys, I am Tata Harper and I founded Tata Harper Skincare. So I grew up in a town called Barranquilla and it's a coastal town of Colombia. It's similar to New Orleans. Okay. It's an industrial town next to a river, next to the ocean. We have a carnival there that is huge. I think that it's the second largest carnival in the world okay. after Rio. And people are really happy, dancing, very friendly, barely clothed (laughs) because it's so warm down there. And it's really like the epitome of Latin culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I saw on your Instagram, there was a really cute post where you were watching a concert and you're like, you can take the girl out of Colombia, but you can't take the Colombia out of the girl. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
I love, 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 love dancing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's one of those things that it's very cultural. Like you grew up in a, in a place where literally there's music everywhere on all the time. It's like you go to the kitchen and there's music. You go to your mom's bedroom, there's music. You Everywhere you go and then, or you have a dinner with your friends mm-hmm. and all of a sudden after dinner, there's music on and a party, you yeah. know, starts right away and everybody starts dancing without alcohol, without anything. Yeah. It's like we, just dancing is just so natural to us and I and I really miss that from, yeah. f- from being there, you know, how spontaneous yeah. the culture is. And what kind of little girl were you? I was very close to my grandmother, to my maternal grandmother, and she was a big beauty person. And I remember just being, waking up in the mornings, like she loved to um, host spa parties in her house every Saturday. And we would wake up early that morning and start mashing up all the things that we had gotten at the supermarket or in the apothecary the previous day. And preparing all sorts of concoctions for all of her friends and her family that would be coming to spend the whole morning with us, doing money, petty, masking, doing all sorts of crazy stuff. So I was always very involved with beauty. And actually, like my plans on Saturday afternoon was to go with my aunt Doris to the beauty store and get so many beauty products, hair, skin, nails. It's always been kind of like an obsession and an escape in a way Mm -hmm. like to find like that little outlet where that makes you happy so beauty has always been that outlet for me Mm -hmm. I've never been big into going to facialists or dermatologists Mm -hmm. but it's really about that pleasure of pampering yourself Mm -hmm. and taking care of yourself that I've always enjoyed and I've always tried to live a really mindful life since I can remember, like Mm -hmm. trying to eat well, trying to exercise. I've been exercising since I'm 10 years old, different modalities Mm -hmm. as I've grown older, Mm -hmm. but, and I've always been a health enthusiast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. What kind of stuff were you into as a kid? Was it dancing when you were 10? Like what was your... I was a lot into fashion too. And when I was uh, younger and I was studying, I even had like a small fashion brand with a friend of mine because we were both like, so we were both lovers of fashion. And in Barranquilla, Colombia, South America, you couldn't find anything. And, you know, and we had the privilege that we travel abroad and we were always traveling and, you know, you get to see the world and then you try to bring a little bit of what you see abroad to your piece of your world and we decided to start a fashion brand so we used to go buy fabrics in the U.S. we got a pattern maker to make our patterns and then we would find like seamstresses to do all of our things and we would have drop collections all the time Wow! and it lasted for a total of three years it was called Censored the brand and we used to sell in her home and we had a showroom in one of her empty rooms in her house she lived in a massive house and we one of the rooms we converted into our studio so a lot of our friends used to come over and we and we the last collection we even did underwear we did belts we did shoes too and bathing suits yeah (laughs) so you had this background but then you went into being an industrial engineer how did I know. that happen? <laughs> I kind of like got arm twisted into studying industrial engineering by my mom. Mm. So my mom it was one of the first women in Colombia to to graduate from college. And she was also one of the first women in Colombia to start to join the workforce. Like that was like really, you know, like really like looked down upon. Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean that you're going to go work? You know, a lot of the women yeah. to stay in the mm-hmm. house and to care of the house. So was it mostly all men in her class, you mean? Yeah, mainly all men. And there were, she was the only woman and she was the first woman to graduate from business school in Colombia. Wow. And, uh, and she went on to work because she had got divorced from my dad. She had me and my sister and she has always been like a go-getter. Mm-hmm. She's never been the type of woman that is happy just at home, right. you know, taking care of the house. So when it was time for us to study, I was like, mom, I really want to become a fashion designer. And she's like, Tata, I mean, I know that you want to do that. And I really support that you're doing this, but it's so narrow that focus and that skill that you're going to get from just being a fashion designer that I feel that if you study something a little bit more comprehensive, eventually you can apply it to anything that you want to do and you have good style, good eye. Like, why don't you study something different? And I was like, no, I really want to study fashion. And she's like, well, if you want to study fashion, I'm 
go enroll to the Technical Institute here in Barranquilla, Colombia, South America. Forget about going abroad because I am not going <laughs> to <laughs> subsidize anything mm -hmm. like that unless you want to study something like really interesting, like industrial engineering. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? She's like, it's super amazing. And we You're had to Google it, by the way. I was going to say, real talk yesterday, I definitely Googled what industrial engineering <laughs> yeah. is when we what were prepping, prepping for the interview. Even... And I was like, is that like civil engineering? Carlene's no. dad is an engineer and she yeah. didn't even know. I was like, I think it might have to do with building buildings, but I'm <laughs> no, not sure. civil or structural. Yes. Right. But uh, no, industrial engineering. And you know what? I went into it not even knowing what it was. I was like, well, I'm just going to study this and please my mom for once. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if I don't get a good grades then I'll move into something else but I ended up loving Stonewall Engineer and I've always like in high school I was like a very like C plus C barely passing you know mm -hmm. type of student and when I started studying industrial engineer I was like A A plus wow like it really I like there was something in the in, in the whole curriculum that really I didn't know I was so interested in. Mm -hmm. But it's really about learning how to optimize mm -hmm. methods. It, it, it's very focused on plants and manufacturing. Okay. Mm -hmm. But really, you can apply it to anything. So like and a lot of logistics. Lots of logistics okay. and lots of like, how do we go from A to B in the most efficient way possible? And I think that one of the biggest takeaways is that it really teaches you how to think. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like it helps you to take big things and break them down to small, simple components and create plans to get to where you mm -hmm. want to be. And I apply that all the time in all sorts of things in my life, not only work, mm -hmm. but anything that I want to mm -hmm. do. It's it's really about a way of thinking mm -hmm. more than Look anything. Look at that. Mom's right once again. Moms are just <laughs> always right. What yes. is up with that? And you know that my younger sister also studied industrial engineering. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> so, she just had it in her head, your mom. <laughs> she just had it in her head. She's like, this is the career of the future. You you need to study this like okay. yeah <laughs> I understand so I read that your stepfather had a big impact in the way that your life sort of pivoted can you tell us about your relationship with him my mom married my stepfather when we were really young I think that I was 10 and I was living in Miami at the time that he got cancer and he got treated in the U.S. We, we really went out there to a lot of different specialists and always lifestyle was at the center of the conversation. And even though I was such a health enthusiast, I had never really connected the dots between lifestyle and your health. Like I remember seeing a lot of like natural products pop up and organic foods pop up. And I thought that it was really a way of being an environmentalist. And I am a big environmentalist, don't get me wrong, but I didn't necessarily think that I needed to change my moisturizer. Like, you know, there's non-for-profits, charities, things that you can uh, participate in. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, wait, this is really about your health and your well-being, about avoiding all these controversial chemicals that are out there and reducing this thing that's called your toxic load that I had never really heard about before. So I became really obsessed to reducing my toxic load because as a beauty enthusiast too, I had a closet of beauty and I was just mindlessly applying all these creams and all this hair stuff, doing every treatment that sounded interesting. And all of a sudden you're like think, looking at things from through a new lens and I started changing a lot of things in my life my food my cleaning products like I changed so much but it was really hard to change my skincare products because I was using this super high-tech Swiss skincare line and when you try to move to naturals what I encountered was just very simple beauty simple things like the things that I used to do with my grandmother back then which are fun to do but then you're like oh but wait I was using all this technology now like I'm not a teenager anymore mm -hmm. like I really want to take a very proactive approach to skin and taking care of my myself so um so it was very simplistic and then when you go to when you used to go to department stores and beauty specialized beauty stores where I used to buy my products 
they had a lot of things that contained botanicals and contained flowers or different algae's flowers you name it mm-hmm. but then you turn around the box and you're like oh yeah sure i see that algae here but i see it mixed with so many industrial synthetic chemicals mm-hmm. and i really want to avoid all those chemicals like it's great that it has algae but it's like that's not necessarily all i'm looking for i'm looking for something that is completely pure and non-artificial there are no options and and there's nothing worse than having no options. So uh, even though I'm not a chemist, I never thought that I would get into this. I'm going to help solve this problem, not only for me, but for other women that are like me, that are not about being simple and minimalistic, but are about like the best, the Mm -hmm. best things, not just simple things, because not everybody is the same. And I feel that there is a lot for people that want to take it like really simple and have like that simple approach but there's there there is and even today there is mm-hmm. nothing around for a woman that wants no compromises mm-hmm. that it's like uncompromising beauty like complete potency mm-hmm. technology from all over the world and that really wants to go just beyond clean beauty mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. clean beauty is just about avoiding controversial synthetic chemicals. Yeah. But we're all the way on the other side of the spectrum doing formulas that are completely pure, completely non-artificial with real ingredients that grow in the earth. Like we don't buy a single drop of synthetic chemicals anywhere. You, you won't find that anywhere in our line. And that also fulfills the role of skincare that is to make your skin look better in a big way how can you like drill down on like clean versus non-toxic versus natural and like really make it make sense for people and you and I sensed in you a frustration that it's so it's so cluttered and people aren't getting what they need well, the thing that it's been happening now is that there's been like when I started, it was all about natural and organic. And that's what people were looking for. And those are things that that the governments don't regulate. Yeah. So, for example, we decided to go with our own with EcoCert, right. which is a seal that it's a European seal that it's been around forever regulating specifically cosmetics, which is not the case for the USDA that focuses more on food. So EcoCert is great because they regulate your natural content, mm-hmm. your organic content they even regulate your packaging to figure out how sustainable it is and it's so hard and we have our whole range not just one product or two products in the range but the whole range it's eco certified and that is brain damage it's so hard to get and we really did that because of our clients to demystify a lot of the confusion out there Mm -hmm. but now the natural beauty movement has evolved into clean beauty which is totally different. Clean mm-hmm. beauty is not about making natural statements, even though some clean beauty brands do include botanicals. Clean beauty is its really about avoiding controversial chemicals. And in my mind, is what every brand should be. They should be clean. They should be like, hey, we know that parabens, you know, have been shown to be endocrine disruptors. Okay, let's remove them for mm-hmm. our clients. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, hydroquinone, it's been banned around the world. Hey, let's not use that for right. our clients. And, and that's great. And I feel that the the fact that clean beauty, it's evolving so much and that it's become so popular, mm-hmm. it's actually a great thing because mm-hmm. a lot of legacy brands are responding to this and they are providing their clients better options. But it has nothing to do with what we do. Yeah. We're all the way on the other end of the spectrum doing products that are, number one, made from scratch with ingredients from around the world that all grow on the earth Mm -hmm. they're not synthetically produced and that are truly and absolutely pure and that's not what clean is clean is about just removing some things and it's really hard to navigate because it really it's so dependent on brands like some brands remove parabens and they but they add phenoxyethanol and then they add like one or two botanicals Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they're clean yeah or they're they're making their own estimations about like what's suspicious or uh you know what everybody has their own standard right everybody has their own list you were saying also at breakfast that clean it's like the least they can do right like lowest common denominator it's what in my opinion it's, I don't know if it's the least that you can do, but it's what everybody should be. It's mm-hmm. like if mm-hmm. you know that X chemical is growing tumors in laboratory animals, even though that test has not been performed on humans, why do you want to keep that in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that it's always going to be deemed questionable because it hasn't been done in humans. Mm-hmm. But if it's affecting laboratory animals, why would you want to put it there for your clients? Mm-hmm. Right. 
Yeah, it seems like that should be just regulation, right? But I know, again, getting back to your farm, you have 1,200 acres. Can you tell us a little bit about that farm-to-face process and how you manage to to make it so that your customers don't have to keep products in the fridge? Like, how long do they last and how did you deal with that? Absolutely. So the farm is, it's been around I got it with my ex-husband about 18 years ago. And so this was before Tata Harper was even in the plants. And it was just really like a farm because I love nature and I wanted to have a farm. He also loves nature. And then all of a sudden I wanted to start this company and I wanted to live in the farm. So I'm like, let's convert all of these dairy barns that I have here. Let's gut them out and let's create our own Tata Harper factories. But in the farm is really allowed us to be able to create our Tata Harper factory And that's where I use my engineering mind (laughs) to create that and not really be intimidated by the process of making beauty and really focusing on the most important part of our business, which is our products and the making of our products. So I created our own manufacturing facility so that we can get it fresh and potent to our clients. Mm -hmm. And we use preservatives like that's just common practice in formulas to use preservatives mm-hmm. to help with contamination issues mm-hmm. and things like that. But we use natural preservatives. So mm-hmm. instead of using parabens or phenoxyethanol, we use radish root ferments or we use um, a lot of anisic acid. We use a lot of German preservatives mm-hmm. because the Germans have really, in my opinion, some of the best natural preservatives out there. Mm-hmm. And it's really about switching and, and really the process of formulation of the product was really about like, hey, let's deconstruct all of the formulas and let's figure out how can we create naturally all of these things that are now done synthetically beyond just the actives, because mm-hmm. actives were typically natural, you know, algaes, yeah. roses, orchids, you know, that piece was typically botanicals were used. But then when it came to everything else, like your functionals, like everything else in the formula that you need, that it's right. not filler, but it's just like your thickeners, your emulsifiers, your preservatives, your stabilizers. Typically, it, there's a lot of like industrial ingredients that are used that belong, in my opinion, more in cars and in machines yeah. than mm-hmm. in like things that you want to put stuff, right? And I mean, well, not necessarily fillers, but just emulsifiers like yeah. PEG 30 or propylene glycol that it's antifreeze or all mm-hmm. of this petroleum derived silicones. I'm like, but wait, we're not cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this is like things that go in cars. Yeah. Like that's not where you would expect that ingredients would come that you're using around your face. And I understand your best seller is the resurfacing mask. Tell us about what's so special about that product and why people are just obsessed with it. Well, it's one of the products that give you instant results. Mm -hmm. You use it and you see the glow and the brightening in the skin right away. And very few products give you those immediate results. And also it's something that is so universal, like Mm -hmm. getting glow. It's like you need glow no matter what age you are. Like I get how some people might be like, oh, I'm not looking for anti-aging products right now. Or some people are like, oh, this is not anti-aging enough. But that is a product that is extremely universal. And no matter what age you are, it, you want glow because mm-hmm. that's how you your skin looks healthy, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Uh, and I think that also the price point, it's, it's, it's pretty good in comparison to the other things that we make that are much more. Yes. Uh, because everything adds up, you know, all the things that we make, our products are really expensive to produce, to mm. have a product that it's made with multiple actives, which is what we focus on. Like we don't focus on silver bullet ingredients. We really focus on like the combination of many actives that work together to give you amazing results. Always with the idea of like, let's make a moisturizer that has so many ingredients that the client would have to buy five or seven different moisturizers to get that amount of activity within one formula. And I feel that that's really the know-how that we've been able to develop is like, how do we make a product that it's natural and those systems are much more fragile Mm -hmm. than synthetics? How are we able to load so many technologies in there so that the ultimately the client benefits from all of this amazing raw materials working together in their skin in a very synergistic way. Mm 
Let's talk about the packaging. Tell us about how the packaging played a role in, you know, the brand story and what you wanted to communicate. Yeah, packaging was really hard. And I actually launched the brand without the packaging that we have now. Oh, yeah? Packaging was kind of like phase two. And once the brand launched, it's like when we migrated to the packaging that we're in right now, it was really hard because a lot of the innovation in cosmetics and the skincare is in plastics and acrylics. Mm -hmm. And I did not want to use plastics and acrylics. I wanted to use glass because it's a material that it's fully recyclable. Mm-hmm. And as long as people are recycling it, it's you can recycle it infinitely. Yeah. So we had to invest in creating our own custom bottles. And I also wanted to bring a piece of Vermont into the, the line mm-hmm. in a way. And um, so I remember one time just staring at the farm and it was the summer where the farm is like neon green and yellow dandelions all over. And I was like, this is, should be a good color scheme, the green and the yellow. And it really reflects what I'm seeing right now mm-hmm. because, you know, we come from Vermont, which is the green mountain state. Um, and also green is a color that represents universal love, like different than pink, that it's about inc- unconditional love. Like green is really about universal love. And we make the products with so much love and so much commitment to our clients that it's really reflective of a lot of the values and all the energy that we put into it. So it took a really long time, but eventually we got there, but just creating our own package and uh, and also we're constantly tweaking in the background the, the package. Like for example, when we launch, we launch with inserts and that was like a box inside of a yeah. box. So then it's like, well, why don't we minimize that? Like I really want to reduce the amount of waste that we create. So then we now are merging into a new sort of insert inside of the box that it consumes less paper also into things that are just less impactful to the environment Mm -hmm. like we are also redoing a lot of the way that we ship things in so you guys will be seeing that in 2019 a lot of the things that we'll be doing but we're constantly thinking about how do we create a luxury product that looks like that it's really representative of the technology and the quality that it's in there but that doesn't necessarily have to be covered in sparkles and with three layers of acrylic and Mm -hmm. and then you use that pot and then you throw it in the trash and it's going to end up in the landfill. I really don't think that our clients are expecting that from us, that what they buy from us is just going to end up in the trash. Yeah. And yeah. even though that could be the case for pumps, yes, because we can't do anything about that right now. And even though I would love to remove them, I'm a, I'm very hesitant about products getting contaminated. Yeah. So that's why pumps are a necessity for yeah. us and, and things like that. So it's just like a lot of intellectual horsepower goes into packaging. Mm-hmm. And my product development team and I are always in constant communication about like, How do we make things more sustainable? How do we make things better? How do we reduce the amount of trash that we create? You're saying it's like, it's really not a good idea to stick your fingers in the pot? Yeah, it's actually the first time that I've actually been open to doing an emulsion in an open jar container because I've always been avoiding that scenario. And it's okay for our masks because they contain a lot of acids and they contain a lot of ingredients that will hinder from a lot of contamination from happening. So that's fine. But to do an emulsion that it's so susceptible in Mm -hmm. an open jar was something that I was really scared about. And so we worked on that formula for a really long time and we actually launched it and pulled it back. And upgraded the technology of preservative quite a bit Mm -hmm. to make sure that it will sustain a lot of the use and that's why it comes with that spoon like when we launched it it didn't come with that spoon okay Mm -hmm. and uh and i was like okay let's actually let's rethink this a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah and that's the rich cream we're talking about creme riche yeah i was curious during our breakfast you were talking about how you removed essential oils from your your latest floral essence yeah i was curious about that can you talk about that and why Absolutely. You did so I love essential oil, by the way. I just want to say that yes. this is another thing that I'm really sad about that 
products, essential oils have gotten such a bad rap. And all of a sudden, it's like the culprit for every reaction out there when in in reality, like people react to so many things. People react to acids, people react to retinol, mm-hmm. people react to vitamin C, people react to a lot of different yeah. raw materials. Mm-hmm. And it's really unfair to say that just because essential oils are complex, that they are the culprit for every time that anyone has a reaction. I do realize, though, that there are people that are more sensitive to than other people to essential oils, but they don't mean in any way that they're bad guys. We use them across the range. The reason why I remove them from the hydrating floral essence is because it's a completely water-based formula, and we were using a couple of solubilizers to bring them into the formula, and we were not really successful at getting them in, so they were always floating in the mm. upper you know, the upper layer of the liquid. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it always felt to me like a formulation mistake. Mm. And I was, and then we tried using a couple of Israeli solubilizers, a couple of Italian solubilizers, and it wasn't, and it was making the formula too sticky. So mm-hmm. I'm like, let's just remove it. I mean, the formula's already like so lovely, mm-hmm. like with all the hydrosols and all the flower extracts that we use that really, this the, and, and, and we had a lot of jasmine that helps with tone. So, okay, what else can we add to this formula that it's not jasmine that will help with tone Mm -hmm. or rose what other thing can help you know with hydration of the skin that it's not rose essential oil so we replaced a lot of the benefits of the essential oils that were originally in there with other um with other botanicals that were water soluble so that's the only reason why i did that and then at the same time you know, for some people that are susceptible to essential oils, this would be the only one product that they can use from our line that mm. would be totally fine. Okay. But I am I am making a line, just like a little sneak peek, for people that are more sensitive, mm. not only to essential oils, but to many things. So mm. I am creating a range that it's more hypoallergenic for real. Mm. Um, and that includes some essential oils, includes some acids, some salicylic acid, removing a lot of different mm-hmm. things that people react to that go beyond essential oils. Because it's really unfair just to pinpoint them because they are wonderful and they've been used for centuries. And just the fact that now, you, you know what I think that it's contributing to a lot of the essential oil craziness that it's happening now is that because essential oils are so fun Mm -hmm. and people love playing with them Mm -hmm. they have had bad reactions at home by doing things with them and essential oils even though they're really cool they're not something to be used by amateurs yeah they can be potent they they they're extremely potent they're Mm -hmm. one of the most complex chemical compounds in nature Mm -hmm. so it's definitely something that you should tread with very very you know in a very very careful way and and we use a lot of scientists to come up with our blends it's not just like us being like oh at this and at that it goes there's a lot of research that goes into it and also essential oils are used in a very minute 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 amount in Mm -hmm. formulas Mm -hmm. Um, because just like a tiny thing gives you a lot of results. Yeah, I love this. I have sensitive skin, so I'm going to be yeah, what, really excited what, let about me put this. in my calendar. Yeah. When is it launching, Tata? Can we know that? 2020. 2020. Okay. The thing is okay. that we do formulas from scratch and it takes a good year, year and a half to create yeah. products. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're testing a lot to make sure there's no reactions, right? Now, you know a ton about ingredients and like your knowledge it's just so apparent do you work with chemists like how involved are you or is there an unsung hero behind the scenes or because we well know, there's like- always unsung heroes behind the <laughs> yeah. scenes because no one can ever do anything alone and I wouldn't be able to get credit I don't want to get credit for everything that we do it's mm-hmm. not just me it's a whole team of people that help me make this happen so you know I work with a lot of scientists and because again we don't like to revolve the formulas around just one ingredient, but mm-hmm. multiple ingredients. And the natural world has so many specific fields. So there's aromatherapy, there's botany, there's homeopathy, there's herbalism. I work with all sorts of people that then work with my formulation team mm-hmm. in-house and help us decide a lot of new raw materials that have come out, this new extract that does this. And and we do work with a handful of people and, uh, and I have a wonderful team of women chemists in my farm um, Cara, Amanda, Serena, Annie, and they all are super passionate. Hi, ladies, if you're listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> About putting all this stuff together. And I'm just there, like, really just being, like, pushing the envelope, being like, 
oh, let's put one or two more ingredients in there. They're like, Tata, this formula's about to explode. I'm like, I know, but it's like just this one more thing, guys. Please, let's see. Let's try. So I spend a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a team uh, in, effort, in right? It's just like anything else. It's a team effort, right? It's definitely a team yeah. effort. It's mm-hmm. a big team effort. And it's a labor of love and many times because it takes a lot of time to formulate natural mm-hmm. products. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. It's really complex. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that because it's natural, it's simple. But actually formulating naturals is very, very, very complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I obviously you're so knowledgeable about ingredients, but it seems to be a big part of your mission to educate women about skincare and how to use the right products for their skin. I know you were just in Ontario, in Prince Edward County. Tell us what you were doing there. (laughs) (laughs) So I was there with a group of friends and uh, it was a women retreat and we did it at the Cressy House. I don't know if you Mm -hmm. guys have been there, but it's like this fun, beautiful getaway by Lake Ontario and that uh, and it was really about women getting together and learning things from one another mm-hmm. I did a lot of things that I had never done before like vision boards goal setting goal setting uh, we really spend a lot of time with one another and I feel that sometimes we just don't do enough of that mm-hmm. cooking eating exercising it was fun it was like a fun two days of kind of like recharge and get ready for 2019 and set some intentions for the year to come and really do some things that you've been postponing for a while we even got like our astrology oh my gosh okay what's your sign what is your sign I am a Leo and I learned that I have a Scorpio rising and did you do like a skincare session there I'm actually addicted to doing beauty classes I don't know if you guys know but I now do them all over the world and I really love the process of a lot of my clients or friends getting together and learning about all the things that I've learned and demystifying a lot of the things that you think are true from because you're a client Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you're like behind the curtain and really teaching you know Mm -hmm. about that speaking really openly about like what you know, what is what, how to use products, how to layer products, how to yeah. cocktail products, what are the right products for your skin type, mm-hmm. ingredients that they want to the learn about. Um, common question that you get at these beauty classes? What are the right products for me? Yeah. Mm. I think that that's probably like the one thing that with the abundance of product out there, people are just extremely confused. Like what are the three products that are right for me because I'm dry, but I also have large pores and I also have a little bit of redness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like pores are no longer something just for oily combination skin or people that are oily that feel dry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm oily, but I'm dry. I'm like, yes, because you don't moisturize. And being oily is just about producing sebum, which is lubrication in the outer layer of the skin, but that has nothing to do with real moisturization in the deeper layers of your skin. So obviously you're dry. Yeah. Um, And just talk, or also demystifying. They're like, oh yeah, I love oil. Oil is so moisturizing. And I'm like, no, oil is not moisturizing. You need water to Mm -hmm. hydrate. Mm -hmm. Oils are food for your skin like they're nourishing this is like where your vitamins your minerals your omegas your antioxidants come from but they're not necessarily a source of hydration Mm -hmm. yeah so just talking a lot of a lot about like you know simplifying science for a lot of people what about some, we often ask the founders that we talk to about the best advice that they've received, because surely as a female entrepreneur, it is tough out there. There's like, you really need to rely. It's like a small group, right? When you really boil it down of like female founded brands that are still doing it solo. Have you shared advice with an, or mentored somebody that you've shared some advice that you'd like to share with our audience or gotten advice that you'd like to pass along? I think that nowadays, if you want to start a company, Number one, you need to be very passionate about what you're doing because it's really hard. It's really, really hard, especially with the way that the market is. So you need to have something extremely unique. And I feel that nowadays it's even more important to focus on giving products that help elevate people's quality of life, not just coming out with another serum, but another serum that really makes lives for your clients better 
And also go with your gut instincts, like really listening to that internal voice that we have. Like sometimes we tend to forget about it or not pay attention to it because we're hearing from experts about the best way of doing this and that. But the reality is to do something very innovative sometimes has nothing to do with the what the experts are saying because they're just telling you the best common practices and the best way that it's been done right now. But if you're trying to do something that has nothing to do with what it's been done right now, sometimes they show you a path of exactly what you don't want to do, which is was the case for me. I remember spending so much money in consult beauty consultants. They were they're all lovely and they were all extremely knowledgeable and they were very effective in telling me exactly what to do, you know. To, to be able to start a beauty brand. But then every a milestone along the way involved things that my belly was telling me, oh, Tata, this is not good because of this, or it's not good because of that, because I had a very specific vision. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those best practices didn't necessarily fit the vision. So mm-hmm. sometimes like you just need to take things by a grain of sand mm-hmm. and really see how that translate in what you're trying to create and not necessarily just go by what everybody's telling you. Okay, rapid fire. Oh God, what does this, <laughs> this mean? This is the fun part. <laughs> we just want people to know you more. Yes. Yeah. Okay. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? I meditate. I worked with uh, a meditation instructor and he Mm. taught me a very specific technique that just works really well for me. But everybody needs to find their own method because everybody's different. Mm. Everybody needs to find their own way and their own path in meditation for sure. Who's the last person you texted? The last person, my mom, before coming here. <laughs> She's like, where are you? What part of the world are you now? <laughs> like, oh, I'm in the far, far north. <laughs> What's the one dish you bring to a potluck? Colombian uh, coconut rice. Okay. Um, what's the most Vermont thing about you now? The most Vermont thing about me now is that we're tapping maple trees in, in front of my house, I have a maple patch, and we've been tapping them for maple syrup. Oh, pretty <laughs> Vermonty. So cool. What's the most Colombian thing about you now? I think that my my dancing. Yeah. My dancing, my love of music and dancing. It's probably like the most Colombian part of me. Yeah. And our final question is, we've been fascinated with this topic of um, people who are into natural beauty, but they always usually have one dirty little secret, like a product from the conventional side of the business that they still love and maybe secretly use like fragrance or something like that. Do you have one of those? I don't. I don't (laughs) have one of those, but I like, I think that my beauty secret is that I love, I love massaging. So any tools for massaging the skin, whether it's gua sha or the jade rollers I love. I also love getting mesofacials. Like oh. when I go to Paris, I love like there's this uh, clinic that I go to and they do like the micro needling, but with like the machine and they infuse vitamins into my skin. Like I do that maybe like three times a year. That's big in France, isn't it? It's very big and yeah. I love it. I love, love, love. Perfect. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Visit BreakingBeautyPodcast.com for details on all the damn good products we talked about in today's episode. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter. That way you'll get every episode delivered right to your inbox. You won't miss a single thing. Or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast fix. And please show us some love by rating us or reviewing us in iTunes. See you next time. Like a terrible, like a terrible.